This message is from Living Rock Church, and we trust you'll be really equipped, envisioned, and encouraged as you listen today. I really believe what we're going to do in the next 45 minutes together is going to be incredibly significant for us as a church. And I know some of you are aware of what we're going to do this morning, others are not. Um, but in a nutshell, we're going to invite all the life group leaders to the front of the meeting today, and we're going to lay hands on them for purpose and for growth. And I want to just take um, um, a fairly short time before that just to show you in the Word what it is we're doing, why it matters so much so that we can all engage in this this morning with great faith in our hearts. And in Hebrews 6, it says, uh, Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, Instruction about baptisms, and notice the S on the end of that word. That's all the baptisms. In water, in the spirit, in fire. All the baptisms. The laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. And in the context of what the writer is saying, he describes these things as foundations and we would all understand that repentance is, is, is a foundation. And faith is a foundation. And baptisms are a foundation. But he also says the laying on of hands is a foundation. It's a really foundational doctrine and practice. And so this morning, before we uh, lay hands on our life group leaders this morning, and describe why we're doing that, is to say this is foundational. It's basic. It's, um, it's, it's room 101 stuff. It's, we build upon these foundations, and it includes the laying on of hands. If you, um, if you turn with me into the Old Testament, the life group leaders have all, have all had um, 10 days or so to to prepare themselves for this morning. In, um, in the Old Testament, you find lots of examples of the laying on of hands. And you see that it happens for different reasons. In, um, I'm not sure what the first occurrence is, but in Genesis uh, 48, you needn't necessarily turn to this one, but in Genesis 48, verse 14, Jacob is blessing his grandsons and he's laying hands on them with a blessing. In, um, in several places, in Exodus and Leviticus, you find um, some of the animals, that are, they, the hands are laid on the animals, and it's a means of identifying the people with the sacrifices. It's a powerful thing. They laid hands on that goat that they let escape, for example. If you turn with me, though, to Numbers um, chapter 8, Numbers 8, I've been excited about this for weeks now. Really excited about this. Because I really believe what we're doing this morning 
is going to take us to a different place. And I'll say more about it in a minute. In Numbers chapter 8, um, there's a description of how the, the, the tribe of the Levites were uh, set apart for the work of the Lord. And, and um, our life group leaders function in a way that they have given themselves to serving God's people in a particular way. I know many of us serve in different ways, but with this, this morning is about them and what they're doing. And they, they serve the Lord in, in the house of the Lord, as it were. And, and um, in Numbers 8, it describes the, how they were to prepare the Levites for that sort of work. In the Old Testament, it says, um, verse 9, Bring the Levites to the front of the tent of meeting and assemble the whole Israelite community. And you're to bring the Levites before the Lord. And the Israelites, all of the people, are to lay their hands on them. And Aaron is to present the Levites before the Lord as a wave offering from the Israelites so that they may be ready to do the work of the Lord. And that's very much in our heart this morning. We said to the leaders, we, we, um, we, we try and tell them frequently how much we appreciate what they do. Everybody in the church is in a group. Um, those are central to, to our whole um, mission and the, the work and the role, the role and work of the life group leaders is absolutely critical. And we want them to be ready to do the work of the Lord. You find also in, um, a bit later on in the book of Numbers, um, in chapter 27, that Moses commissions Joshua to lead God's people. Numbers 27, verse 18. You can have a look at that. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit. And you'll find this frequently. The hands are laid on people in whom there is already something. In whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him, and have him stand before Eliezer the priest and the entire assembly, and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority, so the whole Israelite community will obey him. He's to stand before Eliezer the priest, who will obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Urim before the Lord. At his command, he and the entire Israelite community will go in and uh, will go out, and at his command, they will come in. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and had him stand before the priest and the whole assembly. And then he laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord instructed through Moses. We want our leaders to be equipped to lead people into all that God's promised them, just as Joshua did. And, and so in, in a similar way, this morning we want to lay hands on them. And so we, you know, we, we see the Spirit of God is in you, but now we want to lay hands on you as well and, and that you will be uh, commissioned and have, have, a, have an element of authority to, to lead God's people. In the New Testament... Um, we find, again, many examples of the laying on of hands. Jesus, frequently, if you look at Matthew 19. I'm going to show you about, um, maybe about ten different verses now, but we'll go through them 
very quickly, and then we'll just, then we'll just pause on a couple of them and, and say a little bit more. Matthew 19, verse 13. Then children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. In um, Mark 5 and verse 23... As I'm, as I'm looking at these, I'm saying, Lord, tell me why this is so foundational. Why is this a foundation? Why is this such a, an essential, fundamental aspect of, of the faith and, and the doctrines? Mark 5, 23. Uh, we'll read from verse 22. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there and seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and he pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus is praying for and blessing the children. He's, he's laying hands on people to heal them. Um, if you turn to the end of Mark's gospel, he extends the authority to do that. And in this, these final, this final section of Mark's gospel, which describes uh, what Jesus did after his resurrection. When Jesus, verse 9, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he wasn't getting out of bed, by the way. <laughs> he was rising from the dead on the first day of the week. And he appeared to people. And then, verse 12, afterwards, he appeared to two of them in a different form. And and verse 14, later, Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, appeared to the eleven as they were eating. And then in verse 15, and he said to them, the resurrected Jesus, fresh from his resurrection, full of resurrection life and power, says to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. Some funny things in there. And they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. It's foundational. The laying on of hands. It's, it's part of the resurrection instructions of Jesus. In this new world, everything's full color, HD. Jesus has been raised from the dead. Everything has changed. And as part of this new world they're in, he says you can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Be a great way of answering some of those prayers this morning that God sends workers out. You can lay hands on sick people and the word of God says they will recover. Acts 6. You find another example of the laying on of hands. We'll come back to this one in a minute. Acts 6 verse 6. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. We'll come back to that one. Acts 8, 17. You see, the laying on of hands takes place 
for several reasons. Acts 8, 17. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. One chapter on, Acts 9, 17. This is um, Ananias. He's been sent to um, minister to Saul, who's just been converted on the road to Damascus. Ananias went to the house and entered it, and placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again. There's a healing. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he, he could see again. And he got up and he was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Acts 13. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manaen, and Saul. And while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. And so after they'd fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. That's the sending off of two from the group who were set apart for the work of the Lord. In this case, the apostolic commission that they'd been called to. Acts 19, verse 6. You okay? Getting excited? When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. About 12 men in all. That was the start of the Ephesian church. That's how it starts. 12 people filled with the Spirit. Acts 28. Verse 8. This is, um, this is an interesting one. This whole story is a fulfillment of what Jesus said in Mark 16 and Paul picks this snake up and doesn't die. And, and then uh, there was an estate nearby, verse 7, that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. This is Malta. And he welcomed us to his home, and for three days he entertained us hospitably. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. And Paul went in to see him, and after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. Another example of the laying on of hands for healing. And then if you'd... Um, um, turn to, well, let's, let's go back to Acts 6, and then we'll, then we'll go into 1 and 2 Timothy. Acts 6, this is a, a really significant moment in the life of the new church. And the, the beginning of this passage, it says, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing... The Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit. See, something was already in them. 
full of the Spirit and wisdom. And we will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Basic situation, growth has brought challenges. And in particular, there's the, the danger of neglect in two ways. First of all, there's the danger that the widows could be neglected. Practical, legitimate needs in the church could be neglected because there's too much to do. And the 12 are trying to give their attention to the word and their attention to these things. And so there's a danger that that could be neglected, but also that the word could be neglected. And so the Holy Spirit speaks wisdom into the situation in this time of growth and says, choose seven others who already have something in them. And give this responsibility to them so that that is not neglected. So that you can give your attention to this so this isn't neglected either. This proposal, verse 5, pleased the whole group and they chose and then it names the seven. Stephen, Philip and the other five that we hear nothing more about. But how significant was their role? Verse verse 6, they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them, so the word of God spread, the number of disciples increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. It's, it's, there's a lovely irony in, in this story. The growth had caused challenges. Wisdom comes into the situation, and as a result of the wisdom, there's more growth. The word of God spread, and the number of people spread. But in the middle of it, hands are laid on people for a particular task. Now turn to 1 Timothy. And these, this is where we're going to finish in the word now. Isn't that great? You've got a big growth problem. So what we're going to do is solve it so that you can have an even bigger growth situation. In 1 Timothy chapter 4. And verse, um, I want to read from uh, verse 12. 1 Timothy 4, verse 12. Paul is writing to Timothy. He says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But some of the leaders we're going to be laying hands on are young. And what's great is, and why this is a great moment, we've got five new people, five new couples or singles leading groups at the moment so it's a great opportunity to lay hands on them all. Some of them are young, but all of them are young in faith. Some of them think they're younger than they really are. But uh, that, don't let that worry you. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young or middle-aged or older. But life group leaders, set an example for all the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching, and do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life, life group leaders, 
Be diligent in these things. Let everyone see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and those in your life group and your hearers. And then turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Verse 5. No, we'll have to go up earlier, actually. Yeah, verse 5. Sorry, that's right. Verse 5. I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. There's already something in him. For this reason... I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. We want our leaders to grow. We want them to develop and to expand and have a larger capacity. If we are going to double, as we are, then as we said in our church meeting, that essentially means all of us doubling. But just to, for the life group leaders this morning, could you just all put your hands up, by the way? So we, uh, we, we need you to double. The Lord needs you to double in capacity to double in your ability to care for people, to double in your, to double in your handling of Scripture, to double in the, in the power of the example you set for others, to double in your uh, anointing, to double in your, in your ability to hear from God for people and, and yourself lay hands on people, to double in every way. And, and this is what struck me, thinking about these things earlier this year. There's some things... That if we are to double, we have to be able to fan something into flame. And we can't fan it into flame unless it's, unless it's in there. And there's something really significant about the laying on of hands which either adds something or at least acknowledges what's already in there and gives you guys something to work with. See, I can start to fan into flame the gift that's in me. Now, we can all fan into flame the gift that's in us. We should all be doing that. We should all be saying, God, I want what's in me to be alive and burning and and aflame and bright. And we should all be doing that. But this morning, we want to give the life group leaders everything they need. We want the number of groups to grow. We want the ability of our leaders to double in capacity because we want everything to double. And therefore, this morning, it it would be unfair not to lay hands on them. Believe in God for an anointing to come upon them. For something of a commission to come to them so that they're ready to do the work of the Lord. We're not this morning saying these are... We're not not recognizing them as deacons or anything like that. We're simply laying hands on our life group leaders to bless them, to commission them, to give them an anointing today that will enable them to double in capacity. Sounds all right, doesn't it? I think the laying on of hands is foundational 
Because when I read all these things that happen through the laying on of hands, by the way, when it's done with purpose and intent, which is why we're taking our time over it this morning, the laying on is foundational because, the laying on of hands, because no one can effectively, powerfully serve God without being baptized in the Spirit. The laying on of hands is foundational because the world needs healing. The laying on of hands is foundational because the church needs leaders who are anointed. Absolutely. In other words, the future of the church and the world depends on us laying hands on people. Do you understand that? This this is important for the world, not just for the church. We're laying hands on people this morning, and it has world-touching consequences. The invasion of color. The color invasion into the world. So today, we're going to lay hands on our life group leaders. We're anticipating that they will, um, through many means, but including this one, through their time in the Word, through their time in prayer, through their fanning into flame of gifts that are already in them, and through the addition of things that will come in the laying on of hands, we're anticipating that this morning there'll be impartation of gift, there'll be fresh commission, there'll be anointing, and there'll be, um, there'll, there'll be this morning something that enables them to double. Thanks for listening today. For more information about Living Rock Church and for more great teaching, visit www.livingrockchurch.org.uk.